Now, the book of Zechariah is a book about hope and a book of encouragement and trying to encourage the uh, people of God to continue in the faith. And uh, one of the things that I think is so amazing is how God comes to us at our uh, various points of weaknesses and is able to show us how we can be able to have strength in him. And, and that is the message that we're going to look at tonight uh, from Zechariah chapter 4. Uh, there are many times in our walk with God that you're going to feel weak in faith, weak in service, weak in worship, weak in life, that this is not an uncommon thing, that all of us come to those moments and experience those times in our lives. And you can imagine how in the the context of Zechariah, how that would be so true for these people who are trying to serve God. They have come back from the Babylonian captivity, left the Persian Empire, have returned to Jerusalem in an effort to rebuild the temple of the Lord. And you can imagine what a daunting task Uh, This would be for this group of people. You have a city in which there are no walls. The walls are all torn down and burned and in rubble. You have no houses to live in when you come back. You don't have your farms all set and ready to go. You don't have agriculture ready to go. This is desolate and ruin as the people come back. Never mind the need after thinking about your own provisions and your own home and your own security of the city. The temple itself that needs to be worked on it and, and built for, for the Lord so that the people can worship him. There is so much work to do. And even though you have 42,360 people who have come back in, in this return, when you think about rebuilding a city and rebuilding walls and building homes and building a temple, That's not a lot of people for quite a big task that is set before them. And one of the things that you see in Zechariah 4 is God sending his prophets to encourage them that even though they feel weak in what sits before them and all that needs to be done for God and for this work, but they have come now to encourage them and do and do this work. And so we're going to break chapter four into into two readings, though you have one kind of big vision, but two messages that are proclaimed uh, in this chapter that are intended to give hope to people of God when they feel weak. Notice the vision of Zechariah chapter four, and we will read the first seven verses. Zechariah four, verse one. And the angel who talked with me came again and woke me like a man who is wakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, what do you see? I said, I see and behold a lampstand all of gold with a bowl on the top of it and seven lamps on it. With seven lips on each side of of each of the lamps are on top of it. And he said, there are also two olive trees beside it. One on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. And I said to the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? And the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, do you not know what these things are? And I said, no, my Lord. And he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. And he shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace to it. All right. 
first picture, and one of the things that I think is, is interesting is you aren't told here exactly what the people's concern is, but based on how the angel is giving the vision and giving the answer, you're able to kind of backward infer into the concern that the people have. And it seems like the issue is that they are looking at all that needs to be done, and it just seems like it is too much. It is a hopeless situation to think about the resistance that they were dealing with at that time. Remember, the Persian government is telling them not to rebuild. And here they need to rebuild the temple, rebuild homes, rebuild. So there's so much to do. And it seems to them to be an impossible task. And as the vision unfolds, I love as we're seeing every chapter after the angel now describes, here's all these scenes. And the angel then says, so you know what that all means, right? And, and Zechariah goes, no. <laughs> and I go, great, good, because here to die. And so you have the answer given, though, in verse 6. And you'll notice verse 6, it says there, not by might or by power, but by my spirit. Now, it seems like a strange answer to a vision about lamps and lampstands and all of that, that that's going on in this picture. But all of this imagery is to communicate this first really important message to the people is that the work that is going to be accomplished is not by their power and not by their strength. Rather, this work is only going to be accomplished by the power of God. And I think that is such an important start point because so often what you can imagine what these people would do is look at all this and go, well, we're, we're too small. We're, we're too insignificant. We don't have enough people or we don't have enough resources or we don't have enough power. We're not going to be able to do this. And immediately God's message to the people is not to look at things like that. Don't look at this as, well, how am I going to be able to do this the angel's message is it's not going to be by your power it's not going to be by your might it's not going to be by your strength that this is going to happen it's going to be by the strength and the power of God in fact so much so will this be the case that verse 7 here is this picture where he says Whatever the great mountain is that might stand before you, before Zerubbabel, remember he's the one that has led them back, before Zerubbabel he says, it's going to become level ground. And everybody's going to shout when they put the capstone on top of that temple, and they're all going to know that it's the grace of God that has done it, because they're all going to shout, grace, grace to it. And so here is this encouragement. You're looking at it and saying it can't be done. God's saying, I'm going to level the mountains, remove the obstacles and make it so that this temple can be finished. And you are all going to rejoice in God when you see this happen. Now, it would be easy for us to read a, a chapter like this and read a passage like this and go, OK, that's great for them. All fine, well and good. But, you know, I'm about 2,500 years removed from when all of this was going on. And so how could this possibly be relevant for me? But one of the things that I think is so important to consider is that the New Testament is constantly using language like this to help us see 
that this is not about us finding our power, intellect, ability, or strength to do the work of God, but it has always been by the strength of God. For example, in 1 Peter chapter 4 and in verse 10, listen to what the apostle Peter writes. He says, for just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. Notice how Peter begins, he says, essentially, you all have gifts. You all have things that you can do. And immediately when you hear something like that, you go, oh, no, I don't know. I can't do, no, no, I can't do anything like that. But listen to what Peter says. So if anyone speaks, boy, make sure you really know what to say and you hone up and you practice and so that you get your words right. No, what he says is if anyone speaks, you're speaking God's words. This isn't about your words. It's about you saying what God has to say. It's not about you coming up with something ingenious or cute to tell people. You're just going to tell people, here's what God says. And so for those who were speaking, it's not your words. You are speaking God's words. Notice the next line after that. And if anyone serves, let it be because you're a really strong person. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength that God provides. This is what Peter is talking about. The same idea of Zechariah is that so often what we can do is we can look at these things and go, well, I don't have the strength. I don't have the mind. I don't have the ability. I don't have the intellect. I don't have the power. And already here is the apostle Peter who's saying, you're not supposed to look at your worship and service to God in that way. You aren't coming to God and saying, well, you know, I can't really do a whole lot, so I guess I won't do a whole lot. Rather, you are depending upon the power and the strength of God, that God is going to be the one who will strengthen you and help you to do the task that is before you. Let me show you another passage. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and in verse 8, he says there, I don't want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of our affliction that took place in Asia. We were completely overwhelmed beyond our strength so that we even despaired of life itself. You ever feel like that? So overwhelmed. Beyond strength. You hear the, don't, it's, it's easy to run over those words where the Apostle Paul is saying, we felt like we had no power left. We were so overwhelmed. And we didn't know how we were going to take another step forward. Completely beyond our strength to such a degree that we even despaired of life itself. So what did Paul do? Well, he quit because he was despaired and he was concerned and he just didn't know what he was going to do. Notice what he says. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death so that we would not trust in ourselves but in God who raises the dead. Notice the same picture that Paul paints, just like what, what Peter paints for us, is that the whole point of this is that we would stop looking at ourselves, but rather to look to God. And I think that is so important because when we look at the challenges and obstacles that can be before us in our serving God, doing the will of God, striving to do what is right, it is easy to look at the obstacles and go, you know what, I just can't do this. And I want you to see that the Apostle Paul is saying here from this passage, good, that's the way you're supposed to feel. 
so that you will not rely upon yourself, but that you will depend upon the power of God. I think so often what we do is we depend upon ourselves. I look at myself and go, well, I'm insufficient. And God goes, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, you are insufficient. You can't do it. And if God coming to these people and saying, you know, we can't build the temple. And God goes, that's right. You're not going to do it on your own. You're not going to do it without God. You're not going to be able to accomplish it without his strength, without his power. It can't be done. The whole point of the obstacle standing before us is so that we would put our dependence upon God. Paul says it again in another place. Be strong in yourself and in the might of yourself. It's all over the New Testament where God's saying, your strength is in God. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, not yours. Our power is nothing. We can't do it. It is only by the power of God that we can accomplish what God has willed for us to accomplish, to do the things that God has called us to do. Sometimes when you go to a place like like Hebrews 11, In one way, you can read Hebrews 11 and and just be amazed at the great faith of the names that are listed in that chapter. And then you can also read chapter 11 and be somewhat discouraged because you're reading like, wow, these people have great faith. And I am like nowhere on the page close to how they could have that kind of faith. But carefully read what is said about them. I'll jump in at verse 33. Notice who through faith not self, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of life, escaped, through, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness. You know, sometimes you can read Hebrews 11 and go, well, they were all just so strong out of the gate. They had this amazing faith and it was so they were just depending upon themselves and what great faith they had. Notice the writer of Hebrews says, no, they were weak just like you and me. And out of weakness, they were made strong. Notice even the next line after that. Became. Became. Mighty in war. And put foreign armies to flight. They didn't start there. That's one of the best things that you see when you read through those accounts that are found in the Hebrew scriptures. Is you're reading about people who are absolutely weak. We get into the Sunday morning Bible class with the kids and we go, yeah, Gideon, 300 men. Do you remember how it started? The guy is hiding in the grape vat, afraid from the enemies that are all around and thinks there's no way he could be called by God to do any kind of leadership whatsoever. He's trembling in fear and God says, you're going to be the one to lead the people. He's like, "You me? There better be a fleece sign. We better do some things here to prove this is going to be me because there's absolutely no way I could do this. And God goes, that's right. In fact, the whole point of getting down to the 300 men was to try to show that you can't do this and only God is. This is the message that is being given to us in Zechariah chapter 4, is there are these obstacles that certainly stand before us. 
And so often what we do is we say we are unwilling to do what is before us and do the work that God has given to us because I'm looking at myself. And I can't, I do the Moses. I can't speak very well and I'm not very eloquent and I, you know, I'm not real sharp and I didn't, you know, I don't know what to say. And I just start, and God goes, the whole point of you feeling that way is so that you'd put your hope in God. So that you would not depend upon yourself. Because if it's about depending upon ourselves, then who's going to get the glory? But in weakness, God gets the glory. And God wants us to be in that position. So when you feel that weakness, don't back away from it, but walk into that, embrace that, and see that God is trying to get us to depend upon him for the task that lies before us and the work that can be done. And so this is the picture of how God can flatten the mountains and flatten the obstacles and clear those out of the way. And you can probably think about how many times God has probably done that for you in the past where he has been able to help you through and do great things in your life because you have recognized that it's not you, but it is God. And I'm just going to do what I am able to do. And so we must look for the strength then that God provides. And you will notice that the rest of this chapter fills in underneath that idea. Look at verse 8. Of Zechariah 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hand shall also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. Who has despised the day of small things? They shall rejoice and shall see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. These seven are the eyes of the Lord, which range through the whole earth. And I said to him, what are these two olive trees on the right and on the left of the lampstand? And a second time I answered and said to him, what are these two branches of the olive trees, which are beside the two golden pipes, which the golden oil is poured out? And he said to me, do you not know what these are? I said, no, my Lord. And he said, these are the two anointed ones who stand by the Lord of the whole earth. You get a sense now in this second section what else the people were saying and feeling as they saw all that needed to be done. And I think it is interesting that he points out in verse 10 that there are people who are despising the day of small things. CSB reads, for who despises the day of small things? The New American Standard, who has shown contempt for the day of small things? You can imagine what that would have looked like. You can imagine that they lay a few bricks and a few blocks and get a few things there. And they look at this and go, this is this is crazy. (laughs) I put a few blocks here and there. We are miles away from the goal. There is no way this is ever going to happen Today, we hardly got anything accomplished. There is, there is negativity and despising and contempt for the small things that are being done. They aren't where they want to be. And there's so much that needs to be done. And at the end of one day, you go, we're, we're getting nowhere fast. And I love that God just simply says, don't have contempt for how it all starts. Who has contempt for the day of small things? He's like, you know, yeah, you put some bricks together. You got some blocks up. Don't despise that. 
And I think it's important for us to realize and remember that truly every work and every journey that we have with God begins with a step. And I think one of the challenges that we face, especially in our culture as Americans who are very much an instantaneous kind of results-oriented people, is that when we don't have the result in three seconds, well, this isn't doing any good, I might as well give up. You know, we, we want the microwave fast and get my answer and there you go and it works and it's all, all that we want. And I think that's part of just human nature is that there is a difficulty in seeing the long haul of the work that God can have us do. And to not necessarily be discouraged because there are not immediate results today or tomorrow. There's not immediate gratification going, yes, I have success and here is this great outcome and look at what has been done. I always love now that I am at uh, this great uh, 47 years old and uh, um, I will get guys ask me, how do you preach the way that you preach? And I will say 25 years of trial and error (laughs) and not start here. (laughs) My wife can be uh, exhibit a witness number one of how horrifying and terrible things were in the early years. Absolutely terrible. I've told you after two years of the training program, one of the elders telling me, we just don't think you're going to make it. I mean, it was just scorched earth bad. You know, and so what do you do? Well, I'll just give up, you know, because I'm not seeing the result that I want. You know, I, I want to be, you know, right here on day one. And so I might as well just despise the, the beginning and despise the early steps. It's easy to do that with God. Where we have a certain expectation of where we want to be in our faith and in our service and in our abilities. We want to be up here. And we despise the small steps that it takes back here to work our way up to that. And since it's such a long journey out to that, and I despise my my small things that I can do now, I quit. And I'm discouraged. I give up. And I don't try anymore. I think it is an important picture that you have God giving to us here of not despising the beginnings, not despising the small things, to take those early steps. And I would put it in in a question like this, to do what you can do today and not look at, I wish I could do out there, but do what's right here, right now. And not despise what in your mind might be the small things that you can do for God. The small things of what you can do for his service and his work and what you can accomplish for him. Don't look at what I wish I could do. Don't look at what everybody else can do. Look at what you are able to do for God today. And I would say then that means a very big thing. You don't get men who are spiritually mature who can then be elders and shepherds of the flock by despising the small steps that have to be taken early on younger in life. Who would look out to those who are older and go, well, I can't be that, so I just won't even try. 
I think that's why there's a lot of difficulty going forward of how there's going to be leaders among the people of God going forward. Because we want that instantaneous gratification. And well, I can't, I'm not that, so I won't try. What can you do to prepare yourself to be the better servant of God? What can you do to prepare yourself to be a deacon in the Lord's body, to be a shepherd in the Lord's body? What can you do now to talk to your neighbors and your friends about the gospel? What can you do now to serve those among God's people, to serve those who are lost? What can you do now? So easy for us to despise the beginnings, to despise the early steps, to despise the beginning of the journey. And if we would give ourselves to that and take those steps forward in the strength that the Lord will give, he can move mountains. He can do great things. And I'm amazed at what God has been able to do in, in, in my life. I'm amazed at what God is able to do in the lives of so many people that I know, so many people here. And it's a willingness to say, all right, I know I can't do a whole lot right now, but I'm going to do what I can do. And you'd be amazed at how obstacles are taken down and there'll be more you can do. And then there'll be more and then there'll be more and then there'll be more. And you won't believe you'll look back 25 years back and go, wow, (laughs) how did I get here? (laughs) Here I am. (laughs) Go figure. And I think that's what God was trying to get to these people to understand. Listen, I have the strength to accomplish it. You're looking at one lousy day and going, you only put a few bricks up. But that's how you're going to get to the completion. That's how you're going to get to the goal. That's how you're going to get to that result that you're looking for. Yeah, it's not going to be today and tomorrow. You're not going to get there overnight. Keep pressing in to what God has called you to do. So let's wrap this up for for this evening and talk about what this looks like. How can we have hope when we are weak? I submit to you that Some of the greatest times that we feel this hopelessness and we really feel this weakness is because we are looking at ourselves. It is easy to be very hopeless when I look at my own strength and my own abilities. I can't tell you how many times after... I won't say after. How about in the middle of a lesson where I have been teaching and I thought I should just walk out that side door and never come back. (laughs) Just go, you know what? This is terrible. This is not working. I'm done. I'm out of here. And the only reason I would do it again the next day is because of that right there. Because I would ask myself, did I say what the text said? And I go, yeah, that's what the word said then good enough go again the next day and it's easy to get discouraged because we look at ourselves and we want these particular outcomes and don't just appreciate the moment of looking to the strength that God supplies in fact our weakness is all the more intended to cause us to depend upon the strength That God is able to give us to allow those moments when you feel that hopelessness as the moment to draw near to God, to pray to God and to look for God's strength.
Don't give up. Stop looking at self. And ask God. Accomplish your will in my life. I just want to be the conduit. I I just want to be the one who can do what I can do. And so, Lord, give me the strength. Give me the boldness that I need in whatever the situation is you're talking about. Whether it be talking to somebody, teaching people, serving people. Give me what I need in this moment to be able to do this. Because I know that this is my opportunity to do that. And to have the willingness to take the small steps forward in faith. To just have the willingness to say, even though I feel like it is so small, it is that important. To go ahead and do it. And you will be amazed at what can be accomplished if you will just keep taking those small steps forward. Do not despise the small things. Do not despise the day of beginnings. Don't look at that and go, well, there's no point in that. (laughs) I remember this uh, off, off point. I remember this with my, I started the training program with my dad. And I remember, this is back when you didn't have Google. And so I could just walk down the hallway in the office to my dad as she was training me to preach. And I'd ask him, where does it say? And I would like give some pretty horrible paraphrase of something or other that might have had a word or two, right? Where does it say something about this, that, or whatever? And he'd just quote it back at me and go, oh, it's right there. And I remember sitting there going, there is no way I would ever be able to do that. My dad would make a game out of it. He called it Stump the Chump. And he'd just say, you, you, you read me some Bible verse. I'll tell you where it's at. And he would tell me afterward, he'd go, I never set out to memorize it. I never sat down and tried that. It was only because I just kept doing this every single day. And now, scarily enough, I'm kind of working my way there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know where that's at. <laughs> it is unbelievable what God can accomplish for you in your life and what great acts of service you are able to do and how you can share the good news and how you can teach more than you think you can teach and how you can serve more than you think you can serve. If you'll just give yourself to those steps, don't hold back, but instead continue forward in the work. O great mountain before Zerubbabel, you shall become level ground and he shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace to it. May we always look for the strength that God supplies rather than strength in ourselves. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we can feel so woefully insufficient for the work that is put before us in your kingdom. And cannot help but echo your servant and apostle Paul, who is sufficient for these things. And certainly none of us are. And Lord, we are so grateful that you are able to accomplish your work, accomplish your purposes, and do your will in clay jars like us. Lord, thank you for helping us in our frailty and strengthening us in our weakness and encouraging us in our hopelessness. And Lord, so often we step back from the opportunities you give us to to serve 
and to lead and to teach and to worship and to give because we feel so insufficient. Lord, please help us. Help us to give ourselves all the more to you and to seek the strength you will give in those moments when we feel that insufficiency. Lord, help us to not grow weary in doing good. Help us to always strive for the goal that is before us. And Lord, help us to take joy in the seemingly small things. Thank you, Lord, for the little victories that we have spiritually and the successes that you grant to us. And Lord, we pray that we would be just absolutely the servants you want us to be and all the better each day as we take this journey with you. And so strengthen us when we feel weak. Be our foundation so that we can be the teachers, servants, givers, encouragers, and worshipers that you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I, I can only imagine what these people must have felt like with such a task sitting before them. And there can be such a work that needs to be done. And I hope you always feel the weight of that, that here we are in a county like West Palm Beach, and there is so much work that can be done. And to be willing to enjoy the small things, to do what you can to serve God this very day so that he gets the glory and the kingdom expands. We hope you come to Jesus tonight. Turn away from your sins. Be immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins and to follow him faithfully. We want to give you that opportunity. You can do that now while we stand and while we sing.